KP, KPC, News, Information, Culture, KPCC, California Sensibility. Music make you lose control, music make you lose control. Hey, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair, and we are the Mashup Americans. Happy year of the rooster. No, no, not going to do that. That's funny, though. The animal sounds, how they're different in different cultures. I was wondering which one you were going for there. Uh, apparently, it's a good year for timeliness, fidelity, and punctuality. Oh, I like that. Well, I hope that the year of the rooster is also a good year for love and loving, because I think... You know what? We could all use a little extra love in these in these dark times. I think we could. <laughs> Damn straight. You know, and I also actually think that, that that's something really important that has kind of revealed itself to us recently is that in the face of all of the things that can be scary right now and that are scary right now, life marches on. And that living our mashup lives is actually become a political act. And so, like, you know, our joy is an act of subversion. Hell yeah. I know. So be happy, people, because they don't want us to be. (laughs) That's exactly right. We are real celebrators of joy and of Mm -hmm. love and Mm -hmm. marriage or relationships, whatever form they take for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And mashup marriage, mashup relationships and the coming together of two different cultures and races and backgrounds and what that means for the changing landscape of America. Oh, that's a big deal. Big deal. But Mm -hmm. listen... We also know it's very tricky <laughs> because we are both in mashup marriages. We definitely are. Please see our interview with Esther Perel on culture and sex and relationships. Yes, please mm. do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, given that you guys, probably like us, know a bunch of people who got engaged over the holidays, we thought today it would be fun to talk to someone who's just starting a mashup marriage and planning their wedding because, dang, it can be hard and also very fun. Also so fun. So The fun. most fun. Well, so today we'll be talking to Antonia Akatunde about her mashup relationship and planning her uber, super duper mashy wedding. She is a first generation Catholic Nigerian American mashup. She's a brilliant journalist, the founder of the website and podcast Matter Mia. And she is betrothed to a delightful white Jewish American Scott from Long Island. They have amazing families who have been completely supportive of the mashup marriage, but that, I mean, that doesn't mean that the world is supportive of it. Right. Like, how do you deal when you meet a totally racist, jerk-faced rabbi? Or what do you do when you want to serve Kansas City pork barbecue at your wedding to your lovely fiancé who happens to keep kosher? So there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Also, I'm, I could never be kosher. But I mean, we can talk about that some yeah, other time. I know. We can talk about that. <laughs> um, plus, we get some really tactical moving advice from Rebecca Fifner, wedding planner extraordinaire and owner of Be Hitched Event Planning and Design. We are here helping America one in-law at a time. Let's get into it. Antonia, welcome to the Mashup Americans. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm uh, so excited. Oh my God, we're so excited to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? What's your whole skis about? My name is Antonia Akatunde. Um, I'm a journalist, a storyteller. I have a website called Modern Mia that celebrates black women. 
at the intersection of career and family. That's fantastic. Uh, well, so Antonio, how do you mash up? I am a first-generation Nigerian. Uh, both my parents are from Lagos, Nigeria, Midwest kid, uh, raised in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Casey Mo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is there a Nigerian community there? Is there an immigrant? There is. Yeah, there is. Um, it's not, you know, sizable like a Houston or a Chicago. Like it's, it's there. Right. But, um, yeah. And you knew everybody. Big. I'm guessing. Yeah. It's like we knew yeah. every Korean person in all of Chicago. <laughs> my parents exactly. my parents like went to high school with them for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> Was there any assumption that you had or did it surprise you that like, wow, so I fell madly in love with a white Jewish man. I didn't have any expectations about who I was going to end up with, though any friend who would listen to this would be like laughing because I have only dated white guys. But that's not like a personal preference. It's just circumstance. <laughs> right. Um, so like I want to make that clear. Um, like, I was like the UN in terms of hooking up. But like the guys who wanted to date me uh, and who I liked as well uh, were white guys. And I've only had two boyfriends. Um, so when I got to college, I will say that um, my first boyfriend was white, as is my uh, fiance. And... My parents said that they didn't care what he looked like as long as he never hurt me. Um, As long as the person was a good person, that's all that they cared about. So I never had to deal with um, concerns about interracial relationships in in that regard. And how about his family's sort of acceptance of you? Oh, it was was really, really quick. I remember we we went out to Long Island to have a dinner with them. um, But just just as a pause... You definitely are marrying uh, somebody from Long Island because you're like, we went out to Long Island. Long it's, one, <laughs> it's one word. Long Island. Long Island. Went out to true. Long Island. <laughs> we went to Great Neck to meet all the Jews. <laughs> oh, I can't with you. That's hilarious. Um, so, yeah, I went out to Long Island. Um, and we had Italian. Yeah. And um, I remember we were leaving. I, like, looked back, and Scott's dad was, like, giving Scott, like, a big thumbs up. Very, very pleased. Where did you guys meet? Okay, Cupid. Had Scott dated a black woman before? He had, yes. Many in a row to constitute a fetish? He had dated Jewish women and had a black girlfriend before me. And the way he talked about their relationship was one that wasn't, like, Ew, you're like a fetishist and like I can't deal with you. Like I dated a guy whose ex-wife who he was still very clearly in love with was Nigerian. Oh, okay. Um, like, that's not good. And like would talk to me about like Nigerian stuff Mm-mm. and like make jokes as if he were more Nigerian than I was. And uh-uh. I was just like, okay, that's cute that you think that <laughs> like I, I just don't want to continue this thing this is good you guys i've never been asked these questions before so totally. oh, well, this, you is know, what, this is how this we, is do. What we do this is what I mean, we do literally this is what rebecca and i were talking about like eight years ago when we first became friends yeah and yeah. this was before gabe and i had kids and gabe was like well what if our children look asian and i was like babe our children are going to be asian yeah Right, yeah. And there's a difference, right? And like, there is a big difference. I I think there's like something that, you know, you can fall in love with a person and be so completely with them and have zero questions about it. Mm -hmm. It, But it's just all the other shit. You're like, hmm. 
this is tricky. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, I couldn't be with someone of the same race as me or as a different race as me who, like, did not get what it means to be a minority in this country. Yes. In, in the sense that, like, Scott is white. He's Jewish. But, like, I don't have to explain to him why things are messed up in this country as it relates to people in my community and police brutality and racism. And, like, I don't have to explain to him why that's wrong. Right. Um, Or, like, why I'm upset about something because he's right there along with me upset. I've had relationships in the past with people who, like, were seemingly woke because they had, like, college language to talk about dichotomies and you know, use big words to try to explain how messed up the world was, but really had like, you know, messed up tendencies that I didn't realize until it was like, oh, well, man. (laughs) Right. Do you feel that his being part of a minority group helps that? Well, he said that dating me has definitely opened up his, um, his eyes to things, which I appreciate. He said that he also is like standing in his identity as a Jewish person more from dating me since my identity as a black person and a Nigerian is so integral to who I am. Mm-hmm. There was a period recently where I had to have a come to Jesus moment with a lot of friends to be like, you know, I am no longer worried about being perceived as the angry black woman. If you say something messed up about anything, I'm going to call you out on it if it's, you know, I'm so used to it being like, oh, take it, take it easy. It's just a joke. Like, I can say this because you know I'm I'm not really anti-Semitic, um, and so yeah, we both we both are kind of having this uh, consciousness about our identities at the same time, which is nice to experience. So love that. Gosh, <laughs> I love Scott. I know. I mean. As soon as the beat drop, we got the streets locked overseas. A Kajabi MC in the rock. I came to see the mommy. Having a Hindu wedding? A Lebanese Filipino one? Don't know where to start? We have so many great resources on our site. Tips for hosting a mashup wedding, questions to ask yourself and your partner, gorgeous real wedding stories. Check it out at mashupamericans.com. Still hot, young's the eighth wonder. All I do is get bread. Yeah, I take wonder. I take one of your chicks straight from under your armpit. We are very excited because we have our mashup wedding expert with Woo. us, Rebecca Fifner. Welcome hey, to hey. the show. Thank um, you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, and Rebecca, so tell us about your business real quick. Sure. So my my company is called Be Hitched. Uh, we're based in the Bay Area. Most of the couples that I work with are really interested in having weddings that are meaningful and personal and reflect their values. And so I was really excited to chat with you. Very, very exciting. Well, so, okay, so we've already fallen in love with Scott. We love Antonio. We hear (laughs) everybody's, like, standing in their identities and being so strong and being open and amazing, and they're planning their wedding. Antonio, when, what's the date? July 28, 2017. Okay, 2017, summer (laughs) date. And it sounds like you guys are getting married in Kansas City. Is that right? Yes. What's the Missouri connection? What's the Kansas City connection? Oh, I'm from Kansas City originally. Got it. And I also love barbecue. So I knew Uh, before (laughs) I had the man that I wanted (laughs) my wedding to be in Kansas City. I have a question. Is there any problem with serving pork? At your wedding. Um, so Scott is kosher. The rest uh, of his family isn't. 
beef ribs are hard to find. It's mostly pork ribs. So I think there will be pork there, but he doesn't have to eat it. And um, we're going to find a kosher cake, either a vegan uh, wedding cake or, you know, kosher parv cake. My family's not kosher. Most, Mm -hmm. I mean, I have one uncle and aunt who are, but we didn't serve, like, it would have been kind of egregious in our, like, my dad would have been like, why are you serving pork? He eats pork. That's not even, like, Amy just made a Korean (laughs) feast for my parents, and they ate everything. Not It's like not, he literally had the meat platter, like, as if it was his own plate. But uh, but it's uh, something about... Just honoring the optics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for them, not even for other people. There was something about that. Which I pulled back on not having a suckling pig. I was like, (laughs) let's that feels let's calm it down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that feels like a lot. Full shape of a pig. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Wait, so let's set the stage here because you guys, uh, we're already in love with, as we said, in love with you guys as a couple. Everybody seems so (laughs) respectful and so open. And then you went to Kansas City and you had a horrific experience. Yeah. Ugh. With the start well, of your plan. Actually, yep. we had to find a reform rabbi. We reached out to three people. The first day, we saw two people, and they were totally awesome. Um, the first rabbi asked a lot of questions. Um, the second rabbi uh, worked in Atlanta, um, had lunch and dinner with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and <laughs> had like really um, beautiful stories and a beautiful outlook on the world. So the third rabbi that we saw, Rabbi Jock Kukukorn. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh, he's getting called will, out. Yeah, your name, sir, is mud to me. <laughs> but um, And so we met him. Um, he is, you know, asking us questions um, about how we met, um, what, we, what we like about each other, why we want to get married. And then he asked, well, what do you guys think about the fact that you're going to have um, mixed kids uh, because the same people who hate you talking to me mm. hate us. Mm. And so I said, oh, well, you know, obviously, like, you can't be a minority in this country and not think about the way racism will eventually affect your your children. And I think also with me doing Modern Mia and talking about a lot of these issues, I, I'm especially sensitive to it. So I was saying, you know, my blackness is rooted in the fact that my parents are Nigerian. And he interrupts me and he says, oh, Nigerians, I love Nigerians. Um, They're so hardworking and like morally upright, basically presenting uh, Nigerians as model minorities. He was saying, yeah, I really like them. You know, I'll say this. I like black people. I don't like niggers. (gasps) And I say the word... Because whenever I tell the story and I say, and he said the N-word, people are like, oh, did he really say that? Did he really say that? I can't believe that. I can't believe he would really say it. And it's like, no, he said this word. He said it looking me in my face and expecting me to agree with him. I shut down. I like felt like all the water oh, yeah, in my sure. body had just evaporated. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't even form, you know, spit to hack at him. Like I was just like so overwhelmed Scott shut it down immediately he was like look we're getting out of here we want to end this meeting Uh, we don't want you anywhere near our wedding and the guy tried to convince us that what he said wasn't wrong that what he said was true then he tried to 
pit himself as the victim. Like, oh, so because I said one word, I'm not worthy as a human. And Scott was like, yeah, pretty much. You're you're worthless. So we're getting up to leave. And he says, well, do you want me to recommend some other rabbis for July 28th, 2017? And we were like, no. No, we want nothing to do with you yeah. um, or anyone who you would associate with. And we left. I was so upset and so angry uh, because Scott and I had been having conversations just because we're a really talky, feelings and couple <laughs> about what it means to have black kids because, you know, our kids are going to be black and what it would mean to raise them Jewish and, you know, would they find acceptance or would they be tolerated? And it all brought these very, Mm. you know, meaty conversations that could be happy and made them very ugly by someone being so careless and thoughtless and just a horrible human being. We're so sorry that you had such a shitty experience. Yeah. That, oh, thanks, that guys. sucks. Like that's Thanks guys. With a, <laughs> I mean, such a horrible thing to have happen is sort of like this one of the starting points of the wedding planning process. Yeah. Right. Where are you now? Did you did you ultimately find a rabbi that you like? Have you decided that you do want to move forward with a Jewish ceremony? Have you guys sort of made a decision there? We haven't as of yet. I okay. think the the first rabbi that we met, um, we did really like her. And okay. uh, she did point us in the direction of, like, several resources in New York. Um, we also made a report to a rabbinical association in Kansas City and spoke to the the head of that organization. And he also sent us a lot of, a lot of resources. So I feel like we're in a, a fact-finding <laughs> position right mm-hmm. now. Scott's faith means so much to him. I don't want to say no one's Jewish now. We're not. We're not having <laughs> right. a Jewish ceremony. Locking this down. Um, I I do want to to be respectful of that, but I also want to find someone who's respectful of us. I'm I'm getting a sense of some of the areas of kind of Scott's Jewish culture and religion that you want to incorporate, like in the ceremony. What are some like? Nigerian wedding traditions that you want to bring in to the day? Yeah, so there is something called um, an introduction that's uh, typically done, I think, in the engagement period, but I would like to bring it into uh, our ceremony. Um, It's when the parents meet for the first time, and um, it's, you know, we'll have a, a change of outfit into traditional Nigerian garb, you present the the groom to the parents, and he, um, you know, pays his respects, and then um, he is basically saying, "Hey, I'm like here because I want to marry your daughter." And then they bring out different people, different women, and they're like, "Hey, is this is this the one that you want to marry?" And he's like, "No, that's not her." <laughs> like this one is this one? Are you sure? <laughs> um, until I come out, so that's one thing. Wait, um, can I? Uh, who are really gonna? Fun. Who I've are been... the other ladies? Are they yeah. gonna be like uh, your besties? <laughs> that's Scott's like. I mean, not I'm not one. doing. I'm not doing bridesmaids. Um, so maybe it would be like my my friends who are um, in committed relationships but I think that's also <laughs> as rude as doing like the, the flower toss like all oh, the single ladies he doesn't want you I'm getting married ah. like, <laughs> is there some aspect of the wedding that you feel the most nervous about or that you see as the biggest challenge I'm not so nervous about this I just don't want anyone to say something stupid wow. <laughs> um, like just family and friends being 
who aren't Nigerian and who haven't been to a Nigerian wedding not getting this part. Mm. Um, so a Nigerian wedding, they have something known as sprain, where you um, oh yeah throw the money. The people are dancing and you like put them you put money on the the celebrant uh, to like honor honor them. It's really um, fun and nice. Yeah, it's really fun. I don't want people to like be making stripper jokes or like, no. oh, I'm getting all of these all these ones uh, to go to to go to Antonia's wedding. Um, mm. Like, I that's the thing. So, I would love to like incorporate or to have some like kind of educational <laughs> information on yeah. our wedding website. So, like traditions, and you click on it, and I'll talk about like the Jewish traditions that we're engaging in and the Nigerian ones. This is a common fear that I hear not just from my mashup couples, but from all of my couples. Is someone at the wedding going to say something stupid? Are they, you know, going to embarrass me? Are they going to do something that's offensive? And, you know, I've been coordinating weddings for a really long time. And people, for the most part, kind of show their best colors at weddings. Um, For the most part, they're super respectful and honestly you are going to be so happy and in the moment during the wedding that if someone does something stupid, you're not going to care. Like maybe like weeks afterward, you'll reflect on it and be like, oh, I was super annoyed that like someone was like making it rain money during the spring ceremony. <laughs> but, but at the time, you, it's not going to impact you because you're going to be so happy and in the moment. Thanks for saying that because yeah. I've, I mean, with all the, the stuff that's um, gone around my wedding that hasn't been like the say yes to the dress cookie cutter <laughs> um, <laughs> bridal experience. I I keep forgetting that this is supposed to be a happy occasion. Thank you for reminding me that <laughs> like that this is supposed to be happy. You know, my father in law is not Jewish. Like one of I'll, I'll just cry again, but one of the <laughs> most moving things that happened was he gave a toast and he was like. You know, we're all Jews tonight. Like, he yeah. was just, like, really felt like... And it was, like, my family felt so happy. And I was so moved. Sorry. Yeah. And it's still... Mm-hmm. I mean, this is four and a half years later. Yeah. And a lot has happened um, since then. But um, it was so moving. It was... He yeah. knew somehow. He's not a religious or a spiritual person. But he knew that that was important to him and to everyone and he yeah. was so clear about it and i think it was it was one of the most like special things that's ever happened in my life you know who knew we were all going to cry I like this know. today oh my oh God. God. <laughs> what a bunch of girls <laughs> we're, we're talking girls. about our wedding wait there's uh, literally <laughs> tissue behind you i, know. Oh, I, think I need one <laughs> you know that guy was i was actually thinking this morning of a conversation you and I had after your wedding and you said something like you know I hear all these brides talk about oh the day it just it's a blur there's so many things I don't remember and you said my wedding was in technicolor I remember every single detail yeah my mashup couples really start from this core place of defining what what's meaningful for us, how are we going to express ourselves, how are we going to express what's important to us as a couple, our values through our wedding, and I feel like that not only grounds the whole experience, but just makes the whole wedding itself so vibrant, so alive, so everyone is so engaged and focused, and 
ideally that's going to happen anytime you're starting from a core place of figuring out what's most meaningful for you versus wanting to have your wedding look like something on Pinterest. I literally sound like I've been crying for hours. That those questions, I think that every every couple should have them, right? right. Like right. every right. relationship should have them. It's just when you're a mashup, you have to have them sooner. You have to have them in some way, like more intensely, and like yeah. not and more intentionally, and more intentionally. Yeah, that definitely. shitty rabbi who I hope he. I, oh, I'm breaking my foot all up in his ass. Yeah, no, wait, I think what we do, well, you can take this from the uh, Ashkenazi Jews that will be your children's ancestors, is go pui pui pui. That's a little <laughs> spitting, a little yeah. spitting for him. Ugh. You know, he was a total. He's the worst person, but he did put you in a place, like you said, it. You could have had these conversations now. Or you could have them a year from now. Right. You could be yeah. pregnant and having them. Or you could be, right. you know, like, and it's still you and Scott doing it, but how great to do it now. And then when you launch into your married life, you have all, like, uh, so much of it sorted out already. Or at least yeah. those seeds are planted where you're like, okay, so right. this is something yeah. that we are going to to talk about and continue talking about. When you're when you're a non-mashup couple, when you are starting from a place where you have a shared sort of vision of what a wedding is or what it looks like or what it sounds like and and you know feels like you're looking at questions like okay what reading are we going to do during the ceremony like is it going to be the velveteen rabbit or is it going to be you know whatever <laughs> you know so you're, you're are we going to have a at, betty boop cake right <laughs> uh, i secretly you know, i will say wanted to have that steel magnolias like armadillo so maybe you know you're kind of starting from this base based understanding of of what it's going to look like so maybe some of the questions that you're asking about the wedding you know are a little bit more not necessarily surface level but when you're a mashup couple you're really asking these questions in the wedding planning process that are the seeds of these larger questions that you are going to be asking about how you want to live your life, Mm -hmm. how you want to raise your kids. The thing I'm most looking forward to um, is super cliche, but just seeing Scott's face um, when I walk down the aisle, I I think we're both criers. Um, We're not. (laughs) We're not. Never cry. Just hard, stone cold. Yeah, stone cold bitches up here. But yeah, just just seeing his face um, as like I walk towards him, I think it's gonna just like. <laughs> I would recommend waterproof mascara and eyeliner. Did you know that we have a newsletter? Mm, yeah, we do, and it's awesome. Every week, we serve up a curated list of the most mashy and interesting stories from around the world. Sign up now at mashupamericans.com slash newsletter. I would love to hear, we know what Antonia is most excited about. What is everybody's key piece of tactical, not just love the day, because obviously you're going to do that, mashup wedding advice? If I could also add marriage advice too. Oh, marriage advice. I I think there's like a lot of emphasis on the day. And while I'm really excited about it, I just, I know that like our lives together, or I I hope our lives together will be very long. 
um, beyond the the wedding day. So I'm always interested in hearing like people's just general marriage advice. Yes. Or like relationship advice. When the focus of the day is so directly connected to and lined up with what your values are and what your vision is for, you know, the relationship that you have, the relationship that you're building, the family that you want to start, then it feels, I think, a little bit less like the wedding is all about these crazy details, um, like linen colors or menu selections, whatever, and more about a focus on who you are, celebrating this love, celebrating this relationship, and you know, bringing everyone around you kind of into that into that big love. Becca, um, what have you not yet said to your fiance because you're kind of afraid to even say it to yourself? The example we put as an answer was, I never thought my future ch- children would be black, right? Let's say, like, that's something maybe Scott, I, I don't want to project this on him, but, you know, in this <laughs> yeah. scenario, might yeah. have thought and might be something that he's afraid to even say out loud. But then he says it, and it's like, okay, let's deflate that. I think taking the process again seriously so that it's not about a wedding day, it's about your whole life. Like, honoring who you are in this moment, but knowing and hoping and trying to grow together to who you will be in all the next moments forever. Because this idea that you're going to be exactly the same or that this person is not you. Amy? That's good. My marriage advice is to be patient because they don't know what you know. You don't know what they know. And you also don't know like what parts of you will change throughout your life or things that are so you can't even imagine the things that are like so deeply ingrained in you that like you assume that everybody else gets it because you're like how do you I don't I literally don't understand how you don't know that and they don't be patient this is what our rabbi who was wonderful said it's a marathon and not a sprint so like this is just like a whole life we have to get there and so it doesn't have to all be resolved now I feel like that's we, great life events. Yeah, I kind of feel like we all just had a little bit of therapy. Uh, oh, I laughed, yeah. I cried. Oh, yeah. I was like, should I get back on OK Cupid? Like, it sounds so great now. Yeah. <laughs> Why haven't we had any Nigerians on the show? Well, now, now we have. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's Am I your up. Jackie Robinson of Nigerians? You're our first Nigerian. You're our first so, Nigerian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nigerian. Yeah. Nigerian. Yeah. Nigerian. Yeah. Nigerian. 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 Talk to you. Give me so much food for thought. Wait, hold on. I'm going to screenshot all four of us. Ready? Everyone smile. Nailed it. Well, big surprise. We cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cry babies. <laughs> Thinking about weddings as a setup for your life together rather than a Pinterest board? 
Seems pretty awesome. It's too good. Um, do you think we'll be invited to Antonia and Scott's wedding barbecue? I really hope so. Oh, I'm just like really big risk here, but we're pleased uh, because <laughs> this Jewish lady loves a pork rib. Uh, so thank you so, so much, Antonia Akitunde. You can find her at modermia.com. And thank you to Rebecca Fifner. Check out her work at behitched.com or on Instagram at behitched. We want to hear about your weddings, guys. Join us on facebook.com slash Americans. We want to see photos and hear stories. And what did you dance to? Uh, with that, the Mashup Americans are me, Amy Choi. And me, Rebecca Lair. Our producer today was Jocelyn Gonzalez. Our show is produced by American Public Media and Southern California Public Radio, KPCC. We're also supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts. Big shout out to the NEA. Support the NEA. arts. The most important thing we ever do. <laughs> Thank you, National Endowment for the Arts. And everybody who's interested in them, wants to support them, go see them at arts.gov. Ciao. Bye. Bye.